0: Hello, Marvelites. This is Agent M, Marvel Digital Media Group Executive Editorial Director Ryan Panagos, joined by Benjamin Morse. Say hello. Hi, uh, hello. This is this week in Marvel, episode number thirteen. I've been out of the loop for a couple weeks, vacation and whatnot. Uh, so it's good to be back. Thank you, Ben, for taking over and and just rocking the house with the the podcast the last couple weeks. Thanks, man. It was uh, it was quite an experience doing it solo last
1: week. Uh, you don't realize how daunting a podcast of an hour or more is by yourself until you kind of start the recorder and realize you can't stop until you're done. So, uh, number one, very good to have you back. And number two, much respect to all those people out there who host their own podcasts. I uh, I have gained a newfound respect. I was yeah, looking for another respect word, is a good word. Respect. Yeah. Newfound
0: respect for you all. Sure, sure. Um, we're also joined on the side by our new intern, Nancy. She's uh, sitting over there with her pink pen and notebook taking notes for us, and she may chime in. We'll see. Uh, she has a lot to live up to. The legacy of Jaunty, our former intern, looms over her head, so it's rough. We'll, uh, we'll give you When we give
1: you our Twitter information at the end, we'll give you Nancy's Twitter information as well, so you can evaluate her.
0: Yep. Um, she looked very nervous good. Just have to take our word for it, yep. since you can't actually see her. So if you're just joining us for the first time, This Week in Marvel is the podcast of everything Marvel, from news, information, new releases, and all that fun stuff, as well as questions from you, the fans. So we take questions from Twitter, and we'll get to those at the end of the podcast, but let's start with comics on sale for January 25th, 2012. And what a start we have with the
1: conclusion to the Alpha Flight Limited Series, Alpha Flight Number 8, written by Fred Van Lente and Greg Pak drawn by Dale Eaglesham. And uh, I like that the cover by Carlo Pagulian kind of gives you pretty much an insight as to exactly what the book is about, and it's Vindicator blowing Guardian's face off, quite literally, Uh, his face is off on the cover. Whether that happens in the book or not is uh, for you to discover, but after seven issues of dealing with fear itself, dealing with betrayal inside the team, and a lot of intrigue, this is the very satisfying conclusion to the storyline of Alpha Flight, being branded outlaws by the country of Canada, being manipulated by the Master. They go up against Alpha Strike, which is kind of the evil or misguided Alpha Flight team here. Guardian does fight Vindicator. North Star fights Aurora. There's a lot of internal battles. Taskmaster guest stars, Wolverine guest stars. It's a lot of stuff thrown against the wall, and it works very nicely. It's an all-out action issue. It's a lot of fun. Um, It really is a nice little final love letter for now. To these characters who I know these creators really came to love over the course of the series um, so if you, if, if you care about these characters if you're looking to get new characters if you've followed this series I think you'll be very satisfied by both the conclusion and also where they leave them off to go there is a few kind of twists that you don't really see coming especially with some of the central characters it's all drawn beautifully Dale Eaglesham is one of my favorite pure superhero artists and there's a nice bit at the end of the book where the creators and the editors write a little bit about what the Alpha Flight experience has been like to them. So certainly a book with a lot of love put into it, and I think it showed all the way through and right here into the final issue, which kicks us off very well.
0: Yeah, and for my fellow Puckies, uh, it's what we fans of Puck call ourselves. We're a Legion. Uh, fan, uh, the fellow Puckies out there, you get a good moment in the book. I didn't, I didn't know that existed, so I've learned something new. I may not new. have just made it up, yeah. but I also may have just made it up. Yeah. Either way, Pucky's rule. I think it's trending on Twitter. Yeah, yeah we're going to make it happen. Mm-hmm. Also this week, Astonishing X-Men number 46, part three of Exalted by Greg Pak and Mike McCone. Great alternate universe story. We've talked about it before, but it has fantastic visual of Cyclops with Magneto's helmet on, which for me was, was super cool. But great book. It's the little things, you
1: know? Yeah. It's the little things
0: you come to appreciate.
1: Uh, Avengers Solo, number four, penultimate issue of this limited series with the lead story.
0: Yes. I going to chime in one second. Mm-hmm. We don't use the word penultimate enough these days. When no. we were kids, it was, every issue was penultimate something. we got to bring it back. You know who I blame for
1: that? Who? James Viscardi, junior mm. junior marketing administrator here at Marvel, who's responsible for a lot of the solicitation copy. Um, and he doesn't use penultimate enough in his solicits, and I think it spreads to the youth, and I think you should tweet him at Jim Biscardi and say to use penultimate work. because I'm, I'm with you.
0: it's yeah. a great word. It is the best it word. It really
1: gets you thinking, because everyone knows what ultimate means, yep. particularly these days. <laughs> um, so penultimate, it gets you thinking. It gets you curious. But in this penultimate issue of Avengers Solo, uh, the lead story by Jen Van Meter, drawn by Roger Robinson, Robinson was a great, gritty style. Continues the kind of Hawkeye detective story where he's teamed up with a bunch of victims of uh, this bizarre medical experiment. They're trying to figure out uh, who is behind this conspiracy to kind of ruin their lives. They think that Captain America and the Avengers are involved. Hawkeye, for obvious reasons, does not. He's trying to prove otherwise. So it's a different kind. As I've said the last few times we discussed this book, it's a different kind of Hawkeye story. He gets to exercise some different muscles. In the backup story by our friend Jim McCann and drawn by Clayton Henry, it is the kids from Avengers Academy, specifically Striker and Finesse, going up against Alkima, the uh, bride of Ultron, one of Jim's favorite obscure Avengers West Coast characters. Although, really, every obscure Avengers West Coast character is Jim's favorite, but it's a really <laughs> fun story where they fight Alkima uh, and also
0: some robot duplicates of the original. West Coast Avengers, so fun story there. A lot of fun. Also this week, Captain America and Bucky, number 626, by James Asmus, Ed Brubaker, and Francesco Francavilla. Uh, another great issue, lots of robots, androids, twists, turns, and super terrific art by Francavilla, who is just one of my favorites that we've uh, we've had come through in the last year or so. A uh, book that
1: really kind of took me by surprise this week um, was Dokken, Dark Wolverine, number 20. I've been a big fan of what Rob Williams, the writer, has been doing on this book since he took over. But this issue, which I believe is also the penultimate issue of this series, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. although it may be the pen-penultimate issue, not entirely sure. There I think two it, issues at the end it
0: says the end. Yeah, coming next we, issue we, maybe, or something
1: like we, that. We look at this little next. It does, but that cover. I know there's another cover after that, so hmm. it's near the end of Doc and Dark Wolverine. We're getting there, but man, this issue is completely, it's, it's kind of an epilogue to the whole uh, Pride runaway story, but it's Dawkins and FBI agent Donna Keel, I believe it's pronounced. Mm-hmm. Rob Williams is British, so whatever pronunciation he uses, I'm sure is wrong. It's either Keel or Kyle. But this is the FBI agent who's been tracking Dawkins over the course of Rob's run on the book. And one of the things he's toyed with is the idea of what exactly Dawkins is psychologically. Is he a psychopath? Is he a sociopath? And he has examined this through the mirror of Donna Keel, who, you know, Dawkins is kind of a villain. Donna Keel is ostensibly a good guy. She's an FBI agent. She's trying to track down uh, bad guys, people who kill people. But as has been noted and as Dawkins has pointed out, she lacks empathy, which is kind of the primary thing you look for when you're diagnosing a sociopath. And Dawkins has said, you know, you're just like me. You go out there and you try to bring in bad guys, but at the end of the day, you don't care about people. There's been a weird relationship between them when they started out as enemies, then they became allies, and a question of, is there some romantic connection here? In this issue, which is also just illustrated by Alessandro Vitti, who did Secret Warriors, is going to be working on Captain America and Hawkeye coming up, it's the, not physical, but emotional confrontation between Dawkin and Donna, where he tries to get her to see her as he sees her at the same time she forces him to confront things about himself. It's one of the most intense books I've read in a while. And it doesn't feature anyone punching. It doesn't feature anyone clawing. It's just two people having a crazy conversation about their feelings and about who they see each other as and who they see themselves as. And by the end of it, this character, Donna, who's only existed for a few months, you really start to feel for her like you never have. But Dawkins, you have more of an insight to him than you've ever had. Uh, the, the end game he kind of places her into to try to prove to her that she is like him is crazy. <laughs> the art is perfect. It's, you know, they're out in the rain the entire time. There's a beautiful cover by Giuseppe Camoncoli. It's one of his, my favorite of his covers, he's done in a while. But the whole issue takes place in the rain just the expression on her face as her whole life has come unraveled and she's got this crazy guy, Dawkins, kind of trying to both offer her a lifeline but also he's the problem. It's, it's just a hugely emotional issue and it's done really well and it's one of, one of my favorite issues I've checked out in a while. If you have been following Dawkins, surely you're going to pick this issue up, but if you pick up one issue of Dokken this is this is one I'd really recommend picking up, Doc and Dark Wolverine number 20 because I think you'll dig it and you'll also really want to read more of Rob Williams' run and learn more about the character. So, I really, high praise for Doc and Dark Wolverine this week.
0: Totes my goats. Also this week, Deadpool number 49.1. It's Deadpool the Musical, and it It's Deadpool the Musical by uh, Daniel Way and John McRae, John McRae being one of my all-time favorite artists. Daniel Way has done an amazing run on this book, and 49.1 recaps where Deadpool has been for the last several years from his appearances in Wolverine Origins into his solo book and all the crazy antics he's gone through, and it's all set to song. Uh, It's a bunch of parody songs that Deadpool sings to the tune of, and I won't spoil what those songs are, but they're really great check it out it's a it's a whole lot of fun this book is uh not anything like what else we have this week which is great you want something different a, a wild variety of stuff it's terrific it's also a perfect jumping on point for someone who wants to get into Deadpool because it does tell you everything that's gone on recently and push you right into the next issue and the the next story which is Deadpool's date with uh with his lady love death death
1: yeah uh, it was very cool to uh, follow along some of the songs in this issue. The only frustration I had was I didn't know all of the songs because Daniel Way and Jordan White's musical palettes are so much more refined than mine. They know so many more songs,
0: and so like, many more songs is like five. You right. know, like three. No, you know, I have the tiger. I'm knowing more. You know, poison. Something from think,
1: poison think, and kiss from a rose. I think you're underestimating how many. Hair metal songs came out in the 80s because I know all of those. That's true. And that's dozens and dozens of songs. Yeah. Um, but neither here nor there, there were some songs in this book that I didn't know. And it's the type of thing where you really get into reading along with the songs. So when you get to the songs you don't know, it's a little frustrating. So if you're reading this book, I'd recommend going online or wherever, you know, go to your local jukebox. Yeah, go to go to your local jukebox. Go to your local jukebox and find these songs so you can know every song in this book for maximum reading and enjoyment.
0: Yeah, local jukebox—that's yeah, a man. good thing. I mean, go to your local Pizza Hut and they
1: always have like a jukebox there. You got to get out more. Anyways, on the complete other end of the spectrum, Fantastic Four number six hundred two—not a musical, uh, very big, very epic story, continuing the Forever storyline. Um, It's written by Jonathan Hickman, drawn by Barry Kitson. When we last left Fantastic Four, basically the Kree are trying to invade Earth. It doesn't get much bigger than that. Uh, The Fantastic Four were going off into space to try to stop them, which continues in this issue. And the rest of the heroes, including the Avengers, are left on Earth to kind of shield the Earth from the debris from the space battle. She-Hulk, you know, part of the Fantastic Four mythos, gets a nice moment here, but it's really more focused on... The FF in space, specifically Mr. Fantastic and Invisible Woman. And it comes back to what's great about the FF. Uh, Number one, all the different characters are involved, whether it's the Inhumans, whether it's Supreme Intelligence, whether it's Galactus, who has an awesome appearance in this issue, like one of my favorite Galactus appearances in a while, and also Barry Kitson draws a great Galactus. But it's about not only fighting their way out of situations, but thinking their way out of situations, which is what Mr. Fantastic and the Invisible Woman have to do here. They are up against impossible odds with the entire Kree Armada coming down on them, Supreme Intelligence leading the charge. Things start to dovetail with what's going on in FF, which I know you're going to talk about in a minute. They start to kind of coincide here, and the final page leads to the appearance of some figures who are important in FF right now, which I think is a nice segue for you to talk about. FF.
0: Yeah, if you're reading Fantastic Four, you should be reading FF as well, and vice versa, but you can read them on their own and still get great enjoyment. But the events of FF number 14 by Jonathan Hickman and Juan bio exactly coincide with what is going on with Fantastic Four number 602, and I think it, they work really well. I kind of wish they were just one big book, that you could flip back and forth and get... I, I was reading one, and I flipped back to the other, and it was, it was intense, but in this issue, which I love Wambabio drawing kids. I want to see him drawing, you know, this team for a long time because they look like kids. Then They have great expressions and Hickman nails each of their personalities, so they all seem different. It's really terrific. But you've got all the kids doing, you know, all these crazy things. You've got amazing Doctor Doom moments. You get a lot of great Doctor Doom moments in comics because he's such a great villain. He has a couple pages of really terrific stuff in this issue you also have the crazy, evil, mad, wild Celestials involved in this. I don't know if they're evil. They're beyond good and evil. I guess. But they call them the mad Celestials in, in one of the issues. Well, they're mad. They're mad. That doesn't mean they're evil. I suppose yeah, I shouldn't. You, you get angry a lot. I do. Yeah, yeah but I'm kind of evil sometimes. Uh, mm, I think. I think. TBD. There's a, I think there's a hero inside you. And you also have the Ultimate Nullifier, which mm. very rarely gets used in comics. And my other big memory of the Ultimate Nullifier actually getting used: Infinity War. I know. Quasar. Yep. Quasar. It. Poor old Quasar. I remember thinking that. I was like, it's such a huge... And they kind
1: of get into it here. In yeah. They kind of explain the Ultimate Nullifier, like what you need yeah. to use the Ultimate Nullifier, like the kind of focus you need and how you can use it and not like destroy yourself in the entire universe. And I do remember back then when Quasar used it in Infinity War and you just knew... I mean, no offense to Quasar, but...
0: He's just—he's yeah. just a dude. Yeah, he's not like Doctor Doom or Mister Fantastic. So, especially back in the '90s, he was—he's elevated yeah. a lot more. Right. in he's, recent years, he's been through some stuff
1: recently. I yeah. think it would be a different story if he's the Ultimate Elvira now. But yeah. '90s Quasar using the Ultimate Elvira—you're just like, oh, this
0: is this is a bad—it's yeah. a bad move. You know, credit for guts, but. Brains weren't really there. And we, we often we talk about old stories that we love and, and we reference. I, I know Infinity War is available on the app yeah. and Marvel Digital Comics. Well, also, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't say what
1: happens when Quasar yeah. uses the Ultimate Nullifier. I just you, said it seems like bad news, but you should go read it. Yeah, you should go read that. fun news. stuff.
0: All right. Yeah, definitely pick up FF number fourteen. Also this week, Marvel Adventure Spider Man number twenty two, uh, another great issue of this all ages book. Uh, two stories by Paul Tobin got art by Rob DeSalva, Derek Donovan, and our boy Todd Nock. Todd Nock does a great job in this book, man. Yep. I, I talk about this book every time we hit, we. hit it comes up. It's terrific. It's really great, done-in-one stories. In this issue, you've got Mandarin, you've got Kangaroo, you've got Constrictor, you've got Black Cat, you've got mm. uh, uh, Frogman, you've got all kinds of fun stuff. They're just really terrific, fun issues. Yeah. You get two stories, too, which is kind of nice. You get two
1: bite-sized stories that you can enjoy really quickly. And
0: they're the very, gonna... they're they're similar, but they're very different. They're just, if you like Spidey, mm-hmm. great book to read. Yeah. And no see, continuity really need to bog you down. You don't have to worry about anything. Just comics. Yeah. Good S- comics. Stay
1: tuned later in this podcast. We'll have some more news on what's coming up for our All Ages titles. Dun, dun, including, dun. including Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, back in the Marvel Universe, Mighty Thor, uh, the Mighty Tannerist story arc continues to go on. Kind of the cool thing about this you know, Mighty Thor is a book, and Mighty Tanneris in general, as uh, we have Matt Fraction writing it, and, you know, Pepe Larraz is on art here. You know, I actually thought this was Pasquale
0: Ferry until I read that right now. I didn't realize this was Pepe Larraz. That's pretty cool. You, if you look at it, you see there's subtle differences in, in, yeah, in a lot are. of the stuff, but it's a lot of it's with the coloring and the, yeah. and the way the, the book is packaged yeah. that gives it a very unified feel. And Pepe has been doing some work on the book in right. recent issues, so it it, it feels very yeah. uh, organic. That's really neat, though. You're right. though. There's a lot in the colors
1: by Frank Tiamata, and just the fact that Pepe Liraz really really goes out of his way to not break up the visual flow of the yeah. book, that's... A, to the credit that they, I mean, they, they fooled me. I thought it was Pasquale Ferry working on this, and now that I know it's Pablo the Raz, I'm not disappointed because the art's still great. But it's the third part of Mighty Tanneris, and like I was saying, the really cool thing about this book is you know, Thor's been kind of off the map. He is fighting his way back from a kind of afterlife and fighting the Demo Gorge, so he's kind of off the board. He gets some great pages here, but we're really learning more about Asgard or Asgardia, as it is now becoming under the rule of the All-Mother, and you get to spread the camera around. We get to see what's going on with Tanneris, who we know what's really going on there. We've kind of shied away from saying it on the podcast, and I will continue to do so. So <laughs> I think it's a really cool secret. Tanneris is this mysterious figure. He brawls with Heimdall here. It's oh, awesome.
0: Man. So good. They have a great fight. Um, Sif
1: is pissed. Sif is starting to starting to raise some ire, which is going to be interesting. We learn more about the All-Mother. There's a confrontation between Donald Blake we don't really know what the deal is with Donald Blake right now because Thor's gone, so what's he still doing there? And he, he confronts uh, Jane Foster's new love interest. And then, of course, Kid Loki and Silver Surfer, the new... Best team uh, ever. The new buddy cop team love it. for this, this century and beyond. Uh, they have a great moment where they're trying to get Mjolnir, which has been left behind by Thor. They're trying to get it out of the ground. But a lot of fun stuff here, and there's a page with Thor... That you'll want to blow up and frame. It's so cool. It's just a. It's just a. It's a rock. It's a rock star moment. It's a. It's a headbanging moment. Loved it a lot. Secret Avengers number twenty one point one. I have been waiting months for this issue. We've had a great run on Secret Avengers recently by Warren Ellis and his artists, but ever since we announced that Rick Remender was going to be taking over the book, and more specifically since we started promoting it on Marvel.com. Been just really, really excited. Love Rick's work on Venom, on Uncanny X Force, um, and just really excited to see what he would do when unleashed on the Avengers. We've seen him on an X Men book, we've seen him on a Spider Man book. This is the first chance on the Avengers. This is very cool. It's a standalone issue, uh, more or less. It will tie into the ongoing procedures. Was really a adventure in one. It's illustrated by Patrick Zercher and it stars Captain America and Hawkeye, and it's really a changing of the guard. Up until this point, Steve Rogers, Captain America, has run the Secret Avengers as his own covert group. Um, now that he's back to being Captain America publicly, he can't run the Secret Avengers anymore. He needs someone to take over. He's eyeing Hawkeye for the position, but he feels the need to test Hawkeye. So this whole um, this whole this whole issue is kind of their their test run mission. They go to a country that is run by criminals, and they need to. Save a diplomat, and there's great action, there's great kind of undercover stuff. Cap lets Hawkeye know you know this is a test for you. They end up going up against the new masters of evil who we showed a while back, which is Whiplash, uh, Princess Python, and Vengeance, a new version of Vengeance, who is cool as all get out. Um, they end up fighting them, they have to use their smarts again, as I noted earlier. Hawkeye has to really prove himself, but that's the gravy on the issue. The real meat to it is the Hawkeye-Captain America relationship, um, which has been one of the most enjoyable relationships in comics for years, decades, going way back. But Rick Remender nails it as far as Cap being this father figure, um, whether he wants to be or not, who's very demanding of Hawkeye, who's always putting him through his paces, and Hawkeye being this kind of rebellious kid who... Thinks he has all the answers, and he may well have more answers than Cap thinks, but you know, always going out of his way to kinda of kneel Cap, stuff like that. What I really liked about this issue is, you know, it kind of follows the traditional Cap's teaching Hawkeye a lesson, Hawkeye needs to learn a lesson type yeah. of dynamic, but it flips it and really shows how Hawkeye of today is not the Hawkeye who joined the Avengers way back in the day.
0: No sorry. There
1: are elements of that. He still has the attitude, he still has the chip on his shoulder, but He is a capable hero, a capable Avenger, a capable leader, and he knows what he's doing. Uh, Him and Cap, they have a great conversation that reveals a lot about both characters and what they think of one another, their strengths, their weaknesses, but the actions of Hawkeye in this issue, the way he handles himself, both when he's in a good mood, both when he's under the gun, when Cap's pissing him off, it really sold me as if I needed to be sold more that Rick Remender understands Hawkeye is going to write a great Hawkeye. I am super excited for next month with Secret Avengers 22, where Gabriel Hardman comes in as a regular artist, and Hawkeye's going to get his whole team together. Uh, I'm excited to see more of Hawkeye doing espionage, which he admits here he hates, (laughs) but he is surprisingly good at. And just all the pieces Rick Remender's laying down. As I said, big expectations going to this issue. They're met. I'm really excited. Now I'm even more ramped up for uh, Rick's ongoing run on Secret Avengers.
0: I just want to also say that I love the fact that the new masters of evil straight up say we are the masters of evil there's a lot of you know like today in comics there's some you may be jaded or oh, why would they call themselves evil no straight up they're evil mm-hmm. They and they own that the they, best. they are the best of the best and they are going to tear some stuff up right. it was really hard for me to not curse a lot right there because I'm so excited for that team and it's cool because these are not
1: it's, it's Vengeance, Whiplash and Princess Python when you think, hey, who are the masters of evil? Who are the best at being evil? Those are not the three names that come to mind. Yeah. But in this issue, they step up to the plate and they earn that name. Yep. And it's really exciting to see what they do moving forward. Great start
0: to what should be a great run. Ultimate Comics The Ultimates number six is out this week. Written by Jonathan Hickman. With art by Brandon Peterson and Saad Rabiq. Really great issue without a ton of like the big crazy action that happened in the last couple issues it's a lot of political movement it's a lot of personal stuff you've got tony dealing with some the fallout of of all the craziness that's been going on and and finding some skeletons in his closet that we weren't really aware of you've got falcon in uh, reed Richards' city some really creepy really terrific reed Richards stuff Great moments with Cap and Nick Fury, and you've got the setup for, for what's to come, and you can tell that it's it's going to be bad. It's rough for the Ultimate Universe right now, and it may get worse for the characters there. But it's a gorgeous book, and uh, one hell of a ride. Yeah, and I really like
1: the stuff they're doing with uh, Captain Britain. The, oh, new, yeah. the new Captain Britain, because... We find out what happened to the original Ultimate Captain Britain, Brian Braddock, who we know as Captain Britain. We kind of, you know, we've been told in the last few issues that he's out of action. We don't get to see the full extent. In this issue, we find out what's up with him, how his brother Jamie, who we think of as a crazy lunatic in the Marvel Universe, became the new Captain Britain, what their dad has to do with it. There's a lot of family dynamics going on there, and we kind of get a glimpse into the Braddock family. Uh, and how it relates to the larger picture of the Ultimate Universe. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Yeah. I think that's
0: gonna be really cool. Big time for Captain Britain fans between yeah. uh, Uncanny X Force and the Ultimates. You get you get a Aven- Secret Avengers too. He's Secret- coming to Secret Avengers.
1: He's everywhere. Yeah. Captain Britain is holy the, moly. Yeah, he's he's the juggernaut of, uh, <laughs> of, of of 2012 because we used to look at solicits for books coming out and remember during yeah. Fear itself when juggernaut was in every book yep. because he was one of the worthy and he was like steamrolling this city and that city. Captain Britain. Juggernaut 2012. Let's see who gets that. I'll vote for him. (laughs) Finally, we have X-Men Legacy number 261 following up on the recent Point One issue. This is the first kind of regular issue by Christos Cage and David Baldeon and it features the return of one of my favorite 90s villains, uh, Exodus. Oh yeah. Who was a big deal back when we were younger. Beautiful thigh-high boots. Love them. In style. Fantastic costume. The thing I always liked about Exodus was he just kind of showed up and his powers were
0: whatever they needed to be to beat the crap out of the act. He's like a billion years old. Yeah. He's pompous. He is he's like Apocalypse, but not. I remember vaguely, like I don't remember the full story, but I remember there was some tie between him and the
1: Black Knight where he like knew the Black Black Knight like traveled back in time and met Exodus before he was Exodus. As you do. Yeah, as you do, and you know, they had adventures together and whatnot. <laughs> but Exodus of today is more, you know, He's, he's, a, he's a follower of Magneto's old school philosophy of making sure the mutant race survives. And in this issue, he comes to the Jean Grey School, um, and of course the X-Men's first response before listening to anything he has to say is just, let's fight this guy, he's <laughs> terrible. And, and it's the new mission statement, kind of X-Men legacy, where it's like, make sure the students don't know anything's going on, fight this guy as quick as we can. And it's all the X-Men versus Exodus, and David Baldion draws the crap out of this. I really... Like, Sandy's a very different style from any other X-Men artist. But the reason Exus has come is he's basically like, hey, the mutant race is very small right now. You guys need to survive, and you have split with Cyclops. What are you thinking? He says it much more pompously than I did. But he's like, you know, what are you guys thinking? He kind of puts the blame on them, and they kind of explain. They explain why they made the choice they did, and in doing so, may have royally screwed over Cyclops. <laughs> Which leads to a great last page. But this is part one of... Uh, Multi-part series where we're gonna see more X-Men versus Exodus and more of you know, probably the X-Men on Utopia as well as the Westchester ones having to deal with this.
0: I just want to say, reiterate, David Baldeon, just amazing. I think he's gonna blow up in this year. He's really terrific, got a very specific art style, very accessible, very detailed, very fluid, fun. Real I loved it. It just it it's it's a lot, it's a vastly different tone than what we have seen. In Legacy, and I think it works really well with the direction of the book. It just, I love the, the art blew me away. The last two issues. So, twin of the week, who do you give your your twin of the week to? I think I go with you with with your pick. Yeah, Secret Avengers. I think I think I was gonna say I hate giving it to Rick Remender because he's yeah, such a jerk. He's a jerk, just a mean, mean old old bag of bones. Yeah, very
1: old. Yeah, um, but you know, I was gonna say I really thought. I, I again was surprised at how Doc, how good Dockin was yeah, this week, that was great. and Dockin gave it a run for its money. Um, so props to Rob Williams, who I know really wants to win to of the week. Um, and part of the reason we're not going to give it to him is because I know how badly he wants to win it. So definitely, Secret Avenger is just absolutely stellar this week. And as I said, the the kickoff to bigger things to come. But honorable mention to Dockin and all the other great books that we just talked
0: about. Yep. Alright, for the books that we just talked about that are also available on the Marvel app right now, you can pick up Astonishing X-Men number 46, Captain America and Bucky number 626, Dokken Dark Wolverine number 20, Deadpool number 49.1, Fantastic Four number 602, FF number 14, Mighty Thor number 10, Secret Avengers 21.1, so you can pick up the Twim of the Week right now, Ultimate Comics Ultimates number 6, then X-Men Legacy number 261. And please, whether you get your comics via the Marvel Comics
1: app, whether you buy them in print, let us know what your pick of the week was, what your Twim of the week was. Um, hashtag This Week in Marvel and hashtag Twim of the Week. So we can kind of get a sample and see if, see if you guys agree with us if you think we're crazy-er.
0: Yeah, crazy-er. Yeah. Ben, why don't you rattle off the collections on sale this week? Thanks always to Max Beckman, who provides us with these
1: every week. Uh, the collections on sale this week are... Astonishing Spider-Man and Wolverine by Jason Aaron and Adam Kubert. Avengers Solo Adventures Classic Volume 1, collecting classic Adventures of Hawkeye. Uh, Captain America by Ed Brubaker, Volume 1, that's a premiere hardcover collecting the first arc of the new Captain America series by Ed Brubaker and Steve McNiven. Uh, Daredevil by Brubaker and Lark Ultimate Collection Book One. Daredevil by Mark Wade, another premier hardcover with the first arc of the new Daredevil series. FF by Jonathan Hickman, yet another premiere hardcover, a trio of premier hardcovers this week, and that is FF by Jonathan Hickman, what's come out this far. Marvel Masterworks Uncanny X-Men Volume 4, which collects the beginning of the Phoenix Saga, or rather the beginning of the Dark Phoenix Saga. First appearance of Dazzler,
0: big it, hit there. It's a gorgeous collection. Yeah,
1: very good one. Official Handbook of the Marvel Universe A to Z Volume 3, Red Skull Incarnate. Now collected. That's Wait, before this, you go this, any this,
0: further, this, Official Handbook of the Marvel Universe, Volume 3. Mm-hmm. Our trades janitor, uh, his on his blog this week, he posted a little bit about working on the handbooks and how he took art, how one of his duties was to take art from a panel, from a comic, then pull out the background digitally and to finish some of the art that wasn't there so that they could use it as the profile image in the handbook so what he did was he, he took out the background for this one character and he had to draw the left arm of the character in the style of the original artist and he goes through the process and it's really really cool stuff and then you, you can see how extensive these handbooks really get geez yeah, yeah was, that's, very that's cool. really cool art reproduction here
1: is a, is something we don't talk a lot about but yeah. it's really a cool little science yeah. that you can read more about on uh trade Ginger's blog. Uh, we also had Strike Force Moratory, Volume 1, which I remember a few weeks ago, we were talking about how psyched we were to read the full Strike Force Moratory mm-hmm. book, so you can start getting into that. Wolverine, Wolverine versus X-Men, which is the recent Jason Aaron arc, the art by Daniel Acuna, where Wolverine beats the crap out of the X-Men, again. Um, and then finally, we have X-Men Legacy Aftermath, which collects some of Mike Carey's last stories on X-Men Legacy.
0: Fantastic. On the Marvel app this week, you can pick up Daredevil number fifty-one through fifty-five of the previous series. That's uh, Bendis stuff, I believe. Mm-hmm. Deadpool twenty-seven through thirty-one of the current series. Current series. Ghost Rider thirty-three through thirty-five. That's some Jason Aaron issues. Yep, the final mm-hmm. issues of the Jason Aaron series. So good. New Mutants, 98 through 100. Yep. Oh, Aw, yeah, yeah. That's our jam right there. It's the bridge to X-Force. Yeah. yeah. It's the bridge to, Terabu- X-Force. Oh. Yeah. Well, the bridge
1: to <laughs> X-Force, which is also available this week. The first four issues of the original X-Force series from the 90s are available. So you can go straight from yeah. the end of New Mutants to the beginning of
0: X-Force into the, the glory days of, of Cable and so good. gigantic guns. Also, there's Spider-Man number 16, which mm-hmm. I think we talked about mm-hmm. this a couple weeks ago, is the sideways issue oh, yeah. of uh, Spider-Man by Todd McFarlane, where right. it's Spider-Man teaming up with Cable's young X-Force team facing off against uh, Black Tom Cassidy yeah. and Juggernaut in New York. It is awesome. That is, that is a nice little package there. Yeah. You can read the
1: final issues of New Mutants, you can read the first issue of the X-Force, and then you can also get the X-Force Spider-Man crossover on one fell swoop. Yeah. And my favorite, my favorite part of that X-Force Spider-Man crossover is when they're fighting Juggernaut. Juggernaut's bragging about and you're already Same it. Same exact thing. Yeah. Yeah. Juggernaut's bragging how there's nothing about him that's indestructible, yep. and Star goes, oh, yeah, and then he stabs him in his eyes with his knives and yep. just ginsues him up. Ugh. Fantastic.
0: Love it. Also this week, Ultimatum number one through five, so a full Ultimatum limited series. And then Ultimatum Fantastic Four, Ultimatum Spider-Man Requiem and Ultimatum X-Men Requiem. So the entire Ultimatum saga. Yep. Yeah. Also, Uncanny X-Men 515 through 522. Uh, Those are all the single issues available on the Marvel app. What about collections? We have got Hulk,
1: Volume 4, Hulk vs. X-Force, which was the Red Hulk facing off against Wolverine's X-Force. The Marvel's Project by Ed Brubaker and Steve Ecting. Siege Battlefield, Spider-Man, Kraven's First Hunt, which collects the debut of Anna Craven, Ultimate X-Men Volume 4, Hellfire and Brimstone. That's some classic Mark Miller, uh, Adam Kubert stuff. And finally, Wolverine Origin.
0: All right. Freshly digitized the new comics available on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited. This week we saw Avengers number 8, Amazing Spider-Man 664 through 666, Hawkeye Blindspot number 2, Ultimate Comics Avengers 3, numbers 4 and 5. Actually, 4, 5, and 6. Hawkeye Blindspot, 3 and 4. Iron Man 2.0, number 1. On Wednesday, we had a uh,
1: Deadpool potpourri of Deadpool and Cable, number 26. Deadpool, number 33. Deadpool Core, number 12. A rare appearance by Deadpool Max, yeah. number 5. And then Deadpool Team-Up, number 884, featuring The Watcher. And then today... Thursday when this podcast comes out, like you said, we have Ultimate Comics Avengers three number six, as well as Uncanny X Force number five, Uncanny X Men number five thirty three, Secret Avengers number ten, and Marvel Adventures Superheroes number eleven. Then, if all goes according to plan, tomorrow we will have Captain America Hail Hydra number two, Captain America Man Out of Time number two, Doc and Dark Wolverine number five, Iron Man Rapture number three.
0: And Herc, number 6.1. All right, so that wraps up most of our comic stuff for the week. On TV this week, you can also watch the uh, third episode of the Blade anime series. That's Friday, January 26th? 7th. 7th? 27th. Yeah, my days are all messed up. It's all good, man. Friday, January 27th, 11 p.m. Eastern on G4. Blade has to fight new breed of vampires, have to hunt him down, you can check into Blade on Get Glue to get an exclusive sticker with the new episode that happens every week. I, I've heard some great things from the fans about this. I've been uh, kind of out of the loop for a couple weeks, so I haven't seen the episodes yet. But uh, I'm looking forward to checking out this, the show. The
1: latest Marvel news for the week. We have a bunch. Um, since we last saw you, we had, a over the weekend, a whole bunch of sneak peeks at covers that are coming out for Avengers vs. X-Men that are all available on Marvel.com. Right now, if you go to the uh, comics news section, uh, we premiered the Nick Bradshaw variant cover to AVX number two, uh, the Alan Davis cover to Secret Avengers number 26, the Greg Land cover to Uncanny X Men number 11, the Mike Diodato cover to New Avengers number 24, and the Chris Pachalo cover to Wolverine the X Men number nine. We also had sneak peeks at Defenders number four and all the Avengers Art Appreciation variant covers, which are interns, Nancy, who is here in the room, as well as our other carry Carrie, uh, spent great care in getting up, and we do appreciate.
0: Those art appreciation covers are terrific. They're really cool. You should
1: them. Check, check them all out. We completed the Father Files last week, which, speaking of Secret Avengers, is taking a look at the de- Descendants who are going to appear in Secret Avengers. They're a race of some of the various robots in the Marvel Universe, the next evolution of a bunch of the robots, and we looked at them all last week with the help of Rick Remender, some preview art from Gabriel Hardman, we talked about there's a new breed of Deathlock, how Lady Deathstrike and the Reavers fit into it, Sentinauts, which are next generation Sentinels, uh, Doomborgs, which are Doombots, Machine People, which are an extension of Machine Man, and this is all just scratching the surface. There's, there's more to come, but you can get a quick look at that.
0: Remender's Brain is an interesting place. Very
1: interesting place. and He talks all about like the singularity and all his sci-fi influences and just loses me. We talked to Christos Gage about his two teaching books, as it were, Avengers Academy and X-Men Legacy, both of which feature young heroes training to be better. We debuted the new Asgardia, designed by Pasquale Ferry, which is going to first appear in Mighty Thor number 11, but you can get your first look on Marvel.com, and Matt Fraction talks about what's coming up with that. We released our April Solicits, uh, which features all the AVX stuff we just talked about and much, much more. That is up recently. We have two Fightin' Fanboys columns this week, as it is the WWE Royal Rumble this Sunday. So to celebrate, we spoke with WWE legend Mick Foley, and tomorrow we're going to be speaking with WWE world champion Daniel Bryan. And we also talked about GLAAD, who has honored us uh, once again by nominating X-Factor and Avengers the Children's Crusade for awards uh, celebrating their commitment to diversity, and we talked to Peter David and Alan Heinberg about that. Spoke to James Asmus about the conclusion of Generation Hope, how it leads into AVX. Uh, we have a new psych ward up with Ultimate Falcon. We have a Q&A with David Lapham about Age of Apocalypse. And finally, we had news about the new all-ages titles based on the upcoming Marvel animated series, uh, based on Ultimate Spider-Man, and based on Avengers Earth's Mightiest Heroes.
0: Yeah, I may have seen the first two episodes of the Ultimate Spider-Man cartoon, and I may have loved them immensely. You told me you did. But I can neither confirm nor deny that. Uh, yeah, that's what I said. Yeah. Uh, also this week, I just threw up on my blog the four covers for Empire Magazine's March issue. They feature the Avengers, uh, Captain America, Thor, Black Widow, and Iron Man, The obviously the, the film stars. Uh, really great and if all goes well, by the time you guys are listening to this, we'll have some more Avengers action and news out there for you. But I don't want to tip my hand in case Ben messes something up, uh, or or Nancy um, pushes the wrong button and blows up the internet, and then yeah. we're all we're all in a heap of trouble. That's the only; those are the only possibilities for how something yeah. could go wrong. I mean, that, that's pretty much it. Yeah. Right, Nancy? There's the easy button. I don't know what she's saying. She's just talking another language. I'm sorry, guys. All right. So we're going to go into questions now from you guys, the fans. Again, if you want to include a question for us to answer on the podcast, tweet it to myself, agent underscore M, to Ben, Ben J. Morse, to Marvel, or just most importantly, hashtag it, This Week in Marvel. Put the little number sign, This Week in Marvel, all one word. And that way, we'll be able to see it, we track these, and we'll, we'll answer them. So we got a bunch to go we through. do have, we have Nancy
1: and Carrie collecting these yep. as they go, and they usually look for This weekend Marvel hashtag. so yeah. that's the first thing you should make sure to include.
0: Yeah. I always check my, my mentions, but make sure you hashtag mm-hmm. All right. First one from Nick Borelli says, will we be seeing any mutants we haven't seen in a while during AVX? There's a possibility. you got to remember there's a lot, there are a lot of mutants on Utopia, and not all of them get spotlight time. Not all of them show up. There's going to be a lot of opportunity to see mutants as they're mm-hmm. involved in a lot of stuff that's going on through AVX. Well, a that, lot of the mutants yeah. show up in little places. Another thing you have to remember is AVX is going to feature all the X-Men,
1: so that means everyone from Wolverine and the X-Men, everyone from Uncanny X-Men, X-Men Legacy, uh, Generation Hope. There are, I can tell you, there's some of the young X-Men appear in it, some of the new X-Men appear in it, but you know, it's 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 all the mutants. So it's not even necessarily ones you haven't seen in a while. But it's like Ryan said. Guys and girls
0: you may have seen in the background, yeah. uh, like in a panel or two. Or even if you were reading yeah. Generation Hope, you would have seen Maggot recently. Sure. Uh, you would have seen... not, uh, ra- No, I'm sorry, Random. Yeah. You would maggot. have seen Random recently. I wish we saw Maggot. No, we have not seen Maggot. Pour you one will... out for, for Maggot. And you will not see
1: Maggot. I know. In AVX, I don't think. I don't know. It could happen. But yeah. I will say, I mean, one, you can, we've kind of seen recently, but haven't seen in a bigger role. We've already said Scarlet Witch is going to have a huge oh. role. AVX, and yep. she's obviously a very key and uh, infamous mutant. So you'll see all the big mutants, but it's less uh, mutants you haven't seen in a while, more seeing all the mutants you maybe have seen recently, but all in one place
0: at the same time, which is going to be pretty cool. Yep. Question from Cassius335 says, Great things are coming for the Runaways, but are we ever going to find out what happened with a girl who looked just like Gert? I don't even remember that. That was the, the end
1: of the Catherine Eminen. Okay. Room. They saw, Chase saw the girl who looked yeah, just like yeah, Gert. And that's yeah, yeah, why yeah. he got in his car accident, which was right. addressed in a recent issue of Dawkin very quickly. Can't say for sure if we're going to find out what happened with the Gert do- do- bleh, doppelganger. Say that three times fast. But we can say the Runaways are coming to Avengers Academy. Christos Gage is the kind of guy who remembers stuff like that. So I would not be shocked if we do see that, but definitely you're going to see more of the Runaways coming up soon.
0: Got a brain like a shark, that guy. Yeah, teeth too. Yep. All right. So RCS underscore uh, T, one of our regulars says, "Can you tell me about Marvel Universe versus the Ultimate Marvel Universe?" And it's apologies for the broad, the broad question, but basically looking for the differences. Ultimate Universe was started a little over ten years ago. It was sort of reimagine the characters, the themes, the ideas of the marvel universe for today so it's a little bit more real world realistic sentence you get some more pop culture references that are a little bit more relevant you've got a little bit crazier ideas and a lot of it is not tied to you know 10 20 30 40 50 years of continuity so it it let the creators just kind of go nuts and reinvent the characters their motivations you know who they are what they were what they're doing does that seem fair ben
1: yeah, I mean the key thing about the Ultimate Universe is it's a different. It's different from the Marvel the Universe. There are no ties between right. the two. Uh, something that happens to just because Peter Parker is dead in the Ultimate Universe doesn't affect Spider, Amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Cool thing about the Ultimate Universe is it is you know something. If, if if you're new to comics and you want to jump in, it's not as much continuity to necessarily absorb. But it's also very unpredictable. If you've been reading comics for years, and you feel like you know everything, which you don't. But if you feel like you do and you want to see something new, the Ultimate Universe is kind of the place to check out. It's where it's where the familiar takes a twist, and uh, anything can happen.
0: Mark Orenberger tweets: New to comics and want to start something long running. Maybe a new character from the beginning. Any recent or upcoming suggestions? Well, wow, that's actually
1: a nice segue because I would say a great thing to check out would be Ultimate Spider-Man. There were you know about 150 odd issues of the previous yeah. Ultimate Spider-Man series, which is a lot. But not too daunting. Uh, we have a lot of it on Marvel Digital Comics Unlimited on the Marvel Comics app. It's collected in print everywhere. But that's a great place to start. That's a great series. Brian Bendis has written it the entire time. Yeah, and you can read right up to today with uh, Yeah it, Miles it Morales
0: flows seamlessly from Ultimate Spider-Man to Ultimate Comic Spider-Man to the current Ultimate Comic Spider-Man series. Mm-hmm. And then all the current series is ongoing. It will be long running, and it's it's terrific stuff. Right. I would say Amazing Spider-Man. It's not a new character, but it's it's it is long-form storytelling done extremely well. Uncanny right. X-Force would be great. Yep. Uh, that's another book with a great long arc. Wolverine and the X-Men just
1: started, as did the new Uncanny X-Men yep. series. A lot of the X-Men Regenesis stuff is kind of ground floor. You can take off there. Avengers Academy. Avengers Academy was giving me my next recommendation. Yep. That's, a, that's a good place. Yeah, and
0: there's a lot of new, fresh yep. characters mixed in with some of the old... Class. It, it, that's a great book for a new reader. The Re- Avengers books started over last year. Uh, great... St- starting points for longer runs. Right. A lot of greats. Daredevil as well. Yeah. I think Daredevil is a good one to jump onto. And the Punisher. Yeah, Punisher. Moon Knight. um, All good stuff. Dirty Lash says, I love Marvel and I love T-shirts. So what is your fave bit of Marvel clothing? Where can I get my hands on some more? Yes, we had this question last week. Yeah.
1: And I specifically put it aside so you could answer it this week. Because I know you are, of the two of us, the Marvel clothes
0: horse. I am the clothes horse. Clothes of course. Uh my my go-to for Marvel gear is Mighty Fine T-shirts. Uh, you can find them on Twitter at we love fine tees. I believe it's welovefine.com is their URL. They have really great sensibility for quirky, weird, fun, wild Marvel shirts. I am often surprised of, about some of the things that they actually get produced with our approval because they're very off the beaten path, and I think it's wonderful. Uh, they did actually get the "I'm Not Daredevil" T-shirt, which appeared in a recent issue of Daredevil. Paulo That's Rivera, the artist, and I were talking about it. We we're like, "Let's get it. Let's see if we can get it made for a T-shirt." Suggested it to Mighty Fine. They got it approved. You can buy it. It's it's amazing. Uh, so Mighty Fine is my go-to for for Marvel gear. There's also um, Tokidoki makes some cool stuff. Stussy had terrific t-shirts last year, but those were very limited edition. I don't know if we're going to be doing more with them. But uh, Junk Food Tees has some classic Marvel t-shirts, you know, like classic styles. Yeah, Mad Engine has some good t-shirts, and you can find those. The Marvel Shop on Marvel.com is a great place to look for t-shirts as well. Um, yeah, just, you know, tweet us and we'll, we'll get you some links. I knew, I knew it was a good move to save that question for you. Thank you. Uh,
1: Lincoln Phoenix wants to know why aren't there more Australian superheroes in Marvel Comics? It's uh, a good question, Lincoln Phoenix, you know, we are set in New York City primarily and primarily set in the United States uh, as far as the Marvel Universe. but that's not where they're tethered, you know we, We've had books set in Europe before, we've had books set. South America, all over the place. The X Men lived in Australia for years. Let's say
0: Gateway. Yeah. Ga- what's up now? Yeah, Gateway
1: you got Lifeguard. Yep. Slipstream. Yep. A lot of, a lot of Australian X Men, but you know there the aren't...
0: Reavers are uh, down in some of them. Some, some of, of them, them were Australian. Yeah. Kangaroo. Yeah. I mean, those are villains, but those, those are, are those are Australian characters. Those are villains. I think. I want to say Boomerang
1: might be Australian just because his name is Boomerang, but he might not be. Mm, I That's, think so. That may be an assumption. I've heard him say, like, G'day, mate, but that might just be the writer. Um, <laughs> I say, G'day, mate. Yeah, I know you do. And like, I'm not Australian. Well, that we've proven. Yeah, um, we don't know that. Yeah, but you know, why aren't there more Australian superheroes in Marvel Comics? Uh, we're always creating superheroes from, from every country and every state, but it's 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 an ongoing, ever going process. Yeah. We should have more. There's there's a lot of. Oh, there was also, I remember back when. Uh, Back when Force Works was coming out. Nope. Back in Force Works—they had a story like set in the Dreamtime, like the whole Aborigine stuff, and sure, there was some characters there. I bet they did. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, certainly Australia is a rich in culture. It'd be a cool place to create some new characters. So, who knows? Maybe coming up. But as for why there aren't more, that's—I don't—I don't have the answer to that question. <laughs> that's an—that's an insane question. Insane. <laughs> yeah. From Cormacrew nine 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 does danger from the X-Men have descendants that we'll see in Remender's Secret Avengers? That is a very good question. As you said, we've covered a lot of descendants. You do have the Sentinels, who are mutant-hating robots uh, to the next level. Uh, there's been no mention, and, and you also have the Reavers who are in there. But as far as uh, descendants derived from some sort of Shi'ar Danger Room technology, uh, it's not something we've spoken about yet, but it's a very cool idea that would be cool to explore. So if there aren't plans, hopefully Rebender, Rick Remender is listening to this or saw your tweet and uh,
0: could get on that. sasmo One says, I was a huge Chamber fan back in the 90s. Will the character be playing a large role in future events? He will be playing a role in future
1: events in the sense that Chamber is becoming a regular cast member in X-Men Legacy. Awesome. Um, Christos Gage is really excited to write him. I know he's been doing research on him. He's been reading all the old Generation X comics. So and you know Husk is already in that book so that could be interesting they have a long interesting past I wouldn't be surprised to see him show up in Wolverine and the X-Men as well since that's his history book but definitely Chamber coming up in uh, X-Men Legacy and possibly elsewhere
0: what's his status quo right now does he have the mouth or is he still like all because I remember he had the weird apocalypse looking mouth he had the weird apocalypse mouth last time
1: we saw him Cool. so whether or not he still has that is Christos
0: Cage and David Baldion no for sure For anyone listening to this, Ben is my go-to source for all the knowledge that I need because he'll answer the questions that I can't remember the answers to. And you answer the clothing questions. Yes. So it works out nicely. Perfect. Brad the YM asks, will we get any closure for Ghost Rider since the run is over? Love the podcast. Thank you. Well, we'll certainly get closure in the Ghost Rider series itself to some extent, but the
1: characters are not going away, so it's not going to be closing a book. You know, Rob Williams... Has plans for Johnny Blaze and for Alejandra. Uh, just because the series is coming to an end for the moment, does not mean they're off the board completely. Yeah, they will be appearing in the Circle of Four event in Venom, um, so that could potentially spin off some future paths for them. You know, they could show up in Hulk in the future, yep. could show up back in Venom, but you know, that's all to be seen. And who knows? Who's who's to say we wouldn't see Ghost Rider in you know the Avengers or something like that? Yeah, that could be a lot of fun.
0: Grey Double 13 asks, will we be seeing The Light Brigade more in the future? Is the upcoming Nova book the only cosmic title? Two questions there.
1: The Light Brigade is Johnny Storm's team in Fantastic Four and I think it is safe to say that they will certainly be around uh, for the foreseeable future in Fantastic Four where they go from there whether they branch out. I think a lot of writers like them so we could see them elsewhere but definitely keep your eyes peeled on Fantastic Four. As far as the future of the cosmic
0: Marvel Universe I'm just going to give a wait and see. I don't know what, I don't think we've announced any. We haven't announced the Nova anything. book. Anything. So we don't have any that's, specific yeah, cosmic plan. That's,
1: that's elite, but Nova will be appearing in AVX. AVX is going to be a big cosmic story.
0: haha. So
1: stay tuned, is definitely the answer on
0: that one. Cool. Gay Comic Guy asks Any plans to make Avengers Children's Crusade available for digital download? Thought it was. I think it is. I believe it is. Yeah, I think you can get Avengers: of The Children's Crusade
1: on the Marvel Comics app. Yeah. So I would double check that one.
0: And if if we're wrong, I am pretty sure we will in the lead up to AVX. It's really crucial yeah. reading for for everyone who wants to read AVX. So uh, if not now, soon, soon I, I would soon. I would bet pennies on it. Mm-hmm. T underscore underscore Lawson says, "With his solo book done, what's in the future for Moon Knight?" You, gotta you can't re- say you can't
1: say you gotta read the end of his yeah, solo book like, first because there's the ending of that could be if, if you've been reading the book recently you know that <laughs> yeah. things have escalated yeah, things have escalated pretty far there so to project the future of Moon Knight right now would be
0: dangerous and impossible Xander McMahon asks, "When can I get my Bendis for iPad? Same day as print." I assume he means Bendis' work, but it'd be kind of cool if you could actually get Bendis. Yeah, like I could queue iPad. up a Bendis app and he'll just dance yeah. for us, guys. He, he's yeah, a big dancer. he's a big loves dancer. To loves to dance. Loves, dancing. Yeah. loves if you dance in his vicinity too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, At cons and stuff, just uh, dance around Bendis. Bendis books are available. Yeah, other, yeah. I know Ultimate Comics Spider-Man is definitely same day digital and print. I believe the Avengers.
1: All our books are going to be very soon. Yeah,
0: by, by April, yeah. everything, just about everything, will be same yeah. day. And so that's, that's a lot of Bendis in there. Yeah, since I don't think you can. Books, I so. don't think Xander, you know the extent of the question you've asked. That's yes. a that that's a lot of Bendis for any question. Can you handle it, E Vega Jr.? Could there ever be
1: a separation of the Red Hulk, just like the Green Hulk? Yes. There maybe. could. There could. There's no plans. We have not learned yet how the Green Hulk was separated. That's coming up soon.
0: So yeah. after we know that, maybe we can answer the question a little better. Yeah. Uh, some from Levi P. Tompkins. With Generation Hope ending, where will we see the lights? Generation Hope was the only reason Levi started buying comics again.
1: Well, Levi, I would direct you to uh, the interview I did with James Asmus yep. um, this week on Marvel.com. He talks a lot about it. But what I can say from that interview is he said they will be the ones who make it out of the series. He was very clear to say it's not a possibility that every light is going to make it out. Hope will. say that because she's going to be in AVX. But a lot of them will be appearing in AVX. They have a big role in AVX. Specifically, they will be appearing in Avengers Academy. Um, They will be representing kind of the X-Men side of the AVX equation in Avengers Academy. So the lights, there are plans for them
0: moving forward. We have I.D. in... uh... In the Correct. the Wolverine side of books, and yeah. she's she's a terrific character. She's great. She's got a big role. Yeah, yeah. Levi also asks, "Where is Beta Ray Bill these days?" I'd like to know where Beta Ray Bill is these days. Somebody call him.
1: Yeah. Ring, 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 where where is he been? I'm trying to even think. The last time we saw Beta Ray, he's Joe. with
0: uh, the uh, the Annihilators. The Annihilators.
1: Yeah, so he's with the Annihilators. So yeah,
0: he's he's handling big cosmic crazies.
1: Yeah. I before before we move on, I know there's the next question. I forgot to add this uh, last week. Levi P. Tompkins uh, asked a question that I skipped specifically because I wanted to wait until we had a bigger quorum back because I thought it was an important question. Um, I don't remember the full long text and I forgot to add it back in here, but it was asking about it was asking about why we don't have more heroines in the Marvel universe reflecting different body types. Um, asking, you know, why we don't have you know, why, why we don't have heroines um, who aren't necessarily all looking like models and stuff like that. And I thought it was a good question. Yeah. So I wanted to save it for this one. And, you know, comics is a visual medium, like a lot of entertainment. It puts a lot of stuff on the the visual and stuff like that. And, you know, there's a certain, there's a certain quote-unquote ideal people want to reject. But I think it's an important issue that I think, you know, we should always be striving to, besides just having racial diversity in comics, besides having different genders, that's an important thing and we should be looking to have more body types. I know that was something that started out in Runaways where yeah. you know there were kids who looked like kids in that book. Yeah. There were kids who were overweight. There were kids who were underweight. And it's something we don't see a lot. We see it sometimes in X-Men yeah. in Avengers and I don't really have so much an answer, right. but it was something I would have put out there because I, I think it is an important issue and, I, and it's something I'd like to see more of.
0: Yeah. I think you could see it more, but I think logistically... These heroes who are r- literally running, right, all the time, fighting, all the time, they will inevitably get in pretty good shape because yeah. they have to. They from, they from, need to to survive. Right. From a story standpoint, you yeah. are going to see a lot of heroes in good shape.
1: Could we see more, like maybe in the younger kids' books? I think that's where yeah. it we got really like Butterball, who was in uh,
0: Avengers Academy. Mm-hmm. So, so, yeah, there's definitely a possibility yeah. should see more. So there is, a, yeah, it's something that I think we could work on, but also, like Ryan said, there is there
1: is a realistic answer yeah. for why, you know, like I, characters are in really good shape. If yeah. we were doing that stuff, we would be in better shape. Yeah. We also probably wouldn't be on the Avengers.
0: No. would no, be like Certainly a, not. I'd be like a... Not even a Great Lakes we'd, champion. We'd
1: be like Tri-State Avengers. Yeah. And it would just be us. Just the two of us. And we
0: wouldn't do anything. Nope. Uh, Alex and Morales says what's the best Marvel superhero team up so far which one do you like to see I, the, I, I don't like the, those questions what's the best this what's the best yeah, that it's all that about stuff. what's my favorite stuff it's exactly. very subjective Spider-Man and Wolverine have a great dynamic I like Cable and Deadpool Cable and Deadpool they're terrific they're who do you like to see
1: there aren't a lot yeah you gotta think of kind of like new characters at this one, you know what I'm looking forward I'm looking forward to in the Ultimate Universe Miles Morales meeting some more characters sure because he's yeah. just getting started
0: yeah that's fun Justin Hibbs says, who is your daddy and what does he do? That's not an appropriate question, Justin. I'll thank you very much. Yeah. Mr. Underscore J. Flow says, will Spider-Man ever play a major role in a Marvel event? Doesn't look at Civil War as being uh, a major event that he played a Interesting. big part. Of, which is weird because he was a big part of that. That was a pretty major Marvel event. Well, I mean, AVX. Yeah, he's an Avenger. Yeah, He's going to... He it's is he is very universe. heavily involved in AVX. And also you have Spider-Man events like Spider-Island yes.
1: and Ends of the Earth coming up that yep. pull in the rest of the Marvel exactly. Universe, so it works both
0: ways. And if you look at the the, the events going on in the FF books, he's a part of the, that squad, mm-hmm. so he's involved in that. Uh, Marvelous Cloud One says, I would like to know if John Proudstar is coming back. What about James? Is he getting more attention? Uh, John Proudstar, no plans. James is currently appearing in X-Men, yeah.
1: objective X-Men by Vic, Victor Gishler and has a very cool
0: role in that. Awesome. Ms. Marvel Girl says, not so much a question, but I hope you I really hope you guys mention the Glide Award nominations. I'm so happy for Young Avengers and X Factor. Done. Done. Done and done. Boom. I didn't even see that question when we talked about it. Right. Take that. <laughs> Shaffro says, Is there going to be anything Agent Coulson related for the Avengers? Toys, posters, Burger King, Kids Meal, tie-ins, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Just yes. There will be Agent Colson stuff. Yeah. Coming up. And we love our place Clark In the place Cray. where you least expect it. Dun, 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 dun. All right. Last two questions. Alex M. Morales says, what is the best Marvels?" Oh, you already asked that. Yeah. Why do we have this question? Nancy, you're fired. Next question. Final oh. question of the week is Pat, from we'll, Pat we'll Loica. Talk later. If you were to put 30 Avengers and X-Men into a Royal Rumble match, who would win? Loicamania, man. Oh, man. Running wild.
1: Uh, 30 uh, Avengers and X-Men in a Royal Rumble match, Hulk. who would win a Royal Rumble? Yeah, I don't think you can get Thor, Hulk over the top rope. Uh Thor or Hulk, it's it's all about it's all about you know Royal Rumble is all about getting people up. I, can see I see could see Hulk that. leaping at Thor yeah. and Thor. I batting actually him think out. I think Thor wins based on smarts. Yeah. But I could also see someone waiting until the two of them are tussling on the ropes and then tossing them out at the last second to yeah. win. Someone like a uh, a Hawkeye. So <laughs> <laughs> Hawkeye. So Hawkeye's is my pick. I don't buy that yeah. at all. Hawkeye
0: winning the Royal Rumble this Sunday. Yeah. There you <laughs> for go. A surprise pick. All right. Uh, that wraps up another great episode of This Week in Marvel. Thank you guys for listening. Uh, again, tweet us anything, comments, questions, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, Agent underscore M, Ben J. Morse, Marvel. Nancy, what's your Twitter? Bounty Rollers with two Bounty Rolos. Bounty Rolos. I'll let you figure that one out. It's two uh, L. Well. It's like the candy. Yeah, just use uh, this week in Marvel hashtag. Let us know what you think, and uh, check out more information about all this stuff on Marvel.com. Thanks a lot, guys. This is Marvel, your universe.